Welcome to Pass the Noise, episode number four. In today's podcast, I'll be welcoming my new co-host. He'll be a mainstay for the rest of the summer. Additionally, I'm going to teach you a meditation trick, and we're going to start this before the podcast begins. So, I'm going to count down from three, and when we get to one, we will start the meditation sequence. Ready? Three, two, one. I'm lying. I don't know anything about meditation. I can tell you all about stress, though. Oh, yeah. podcast coach t i've been waiting for this for a long long time i guess i've had four episodes so it's been a month and we finally get you on here he's going to be a mainstay on here so all summer long you're going to hear from t welcome to the show thank you i was taking a drink (laughs) so you wait you waited till the fourth episode it's like when the new restaurant comes into town yeah you're not sure yet you're just kind of waiting I think that's what I've been doing. It's like, all right, let's 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 see how the food tastes first. Let's see what yeah. kind of reviews we're getting. Well, I'm glad the reviews are going well. But okay, so typically, here's something that when you, when you have as many things that you and I can talk about, because we used to work together. We, were, we spent five years or four years together. And so we have, we have stories. As we go through this, there's so many things that we can discuss and talk about. So I have, I have a little surprise for you because you do really well on the spot and I, this is your opportunity to dazzle the crowd so here's what i've done i've listed I've, I've looked into so many different ideas of things that we can discuss and there's a plethora and what i did was <laughs> i looked up 40 of the 40 hot topics on podcast that i'm going to ask you And I I just downloaded these, so I don't have a clue either. And some of these look ridiculous, but I'm going to, I've just sent you this list so you can actually see this. And as you can see, this might put a little pressure on you, but you do really well with pressure. Each one of these, you have to tell me how you could be an expert, expert advice on each one of these. How how does that start off the episode? Yeah. Yeah. I was right. I was waiting for a second. You got product review. <laughs> product reviews. Got Here's you. one for you. True crime, music, books or podcast, movies or uh, miniseries, event planning. I mean, you you can throw some pretty good events. Mm-hmm. Here's one. Entrepreneurship, cooking, technology, gaming, pets and sports. Can you believe that people spend the whole entire podcast on one of these? Yet we're going to manhandle them all right now. Yeah, we we can knock this out. Okay. Well, here's here's the first one. I want you to review any product that you can. Any product that I can. Yep. This is not an easy one to start with. Okay, well then I'll go. Troy built weed eater. It was given to me by my neighbor. 
I told her that it was broken forever. So she said, just get a, get rid of it. So I fixed it. <laughs> so <for that. laughs> and it actually works really well. I used it the other day. All it needed was a fuel cap. So I get, I, my product review of it is it's easy to manage. It's well balanced. It starts every time. If you use the right gas, I give it a four out of, I'll give it a four and a half out of five. I guess I got one for you. Bluetooth speakers. Music is coming up soon. This is the JBL Clip 4. These are $80. I had the JBL Clip 3, $60, and it powered up. If you're a music guy, JBL Clips are the way to go. You can clip them on whatever you want to clip them on. So you rated out of a 5. Uh, I'm going to have to go like a 4.8. Reason not a solid 5, because I found out with the JBL Clip 3, if you clip it on a fence and you leave it there, somebody else might take it. <laughs> okay okay next one is true crime i've watched a lot of the oj stuff like i didn't watch it all live how'd that guy make it through without getting thrown in handcuffs he obviously did it right i mean it's obvious yeah what about the lee harvey oswald oh i don't think are you asking me you asking me to chime in well i'll give you my i i think he was there and pulled a trigger but do i think he did it no uh, I'm just going to say, I don't know how much of a conspiracy theorist I am, but I will say that they think that we are stupid to believe that that bullet can bounce around six different ways and land up on a table. You can shoot that thing through peanut butter and it's going to change the way a bullet compresses or changes shape. They just, that's so old news that people don't even revisit that because you got to be my age or older to even be familiar with it. Okay, so on to music. What's the what's the last concert you went to? Last concert I went to was Garth Brooks. Oh gosh, are you a Garthy? You're a Garth Brooks fan. Oh yeah. If you haven't seen Garth's live at Win Las Vegas, uh, even if you're not a Garth fan, you can watch that and instantly become a Garth fan. I watched the documentary. I must say it was good, especially when he was in New York and. He thought no one was going to show up and the whole place was just sold out. Yeah, the, the documentary was good, but the live at Win is on a whole nother level. Okay. Guess what my last concert was? Do you remember? Uh, your last concert. It's the only one I've ever been to, so that should help you. It's the only one I ever, I, my mom wouldn't let me go in second grade because she said that these people were buffoons and they were devil worshipers. Oh, okay. probably kiss. Yes. Yes. Well, it's a kiss. <laughs> and guess what? Right in the middle of the concert, they were awarded a key to the city and they sang the Star Spangled Banner and did the uh, Pledge of Allegiance and gave somebody a house. If that's devil worshipers. Man. Yeah, but that was good stuff. So Kiss, my brother said, I asked him if he wanted to go back in, I don't know, 2010 or something. He said, come on, man. He said, those those clowns could be playing in my backyard and I'd tell them to shut it down at nine. <laughs> <laughs> Books. What's the last one? <laughs> What's the last Books. one? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I well, so as far as books goes, the Mamba Mentality, Kobe Bryant's book, a couple of years ago, it's pretty neat. It's not what I was expecting. I'm reading but, Tom Landry. I hadn't started it yet, but it's over there for my next book read. So my wife is the one that has all the Amazon account and all that. And she, uh, in fact, I think 
we get Amazon packages by the hour from <laughs> my house. There's more boxes waiting once it gets back to the distribution center. Hell yeah. Uh, but no, I, I just sent her a link to order me a book, Guns of August. Mm-hmm. So this is from one of the movies you introduced me to, 13 Days. Oh, yes. Kevin Costner. That's a good, good movie. Yeah. And so in the movie, he talks about the Guns of August and how World War One. everyone thought they were so in, in tune with what the other side was thinking that they were making decisions based on their assumptions and that's what led them into just oblivion that sounds interesting another one charlie wilson's war that was a good movie yeah, as well I just watched that this past week you can watch that movie over and over and over and then the wit the wittiness of that those <laughs> yeah. guys are hilarious that's what i love <laughs> i love to see i love seeing teamwork and i love the wit but that guy was hilarious i can't even if I keep thinking about it, I'm going to have to edit the whole freaking show because that was hilarious. Hey, Charlie, which one uh, over there, the five guys playing chess, the one guy who's playing all the other four, which one do you think is a Navy SEAL and the guns expert for the FBI? I don't know. Uh, it's the one playing four other guys. Trick question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. Yes, it is. Okay, well, we just took yeah. care of mo- we just took care of movies at the same yeah. time as books, yeah. event planning. Okay, let's go with wedding events. Stop spending so much freaking money on a wedding event. Marriages, you have a 50-50 chance of that thing working out. There's one out of two marriages that end in divorce. I believe that you should make the the wedding a smaller event. And you know what? If they make it one year, the money that you were going to spend on your your kid's wedding, you might give them a portion of it each year. Like for every anniversary, you say, here's your here was what would have been your wedding gift, but I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you an anniversary gift. It just makes me sick to see these big old freaking weddings and they spend so much money. Just make your event, just make your wedding event smaller and then we're okay. But the older I get, the more I feel about this. Because trust me, one out of two end in divorce. One out of two of us are going to get heart disease and both of those can kill you. Divorces and and heart disease. So (laughs) pick whichever one there is. It's terrible. I think the whole wedding thing is uh, is circumstantial, though. Like my wife and I, I, we had a, I would say, a decent sized wedding. But if we would have dated <laughs> up until now, instead of getting married, we'd look at each other and be like, we ain't spending money on a wedding. Yeah, so I, I get what you mean. It's circumstantial. It changes the older you get. These girls' dreams, these people that I, people that I teach. And, you know, we worked at the same place and they, it's marriage, marriage, wedding, wedding, and they plan so much for it. And then it's just, it's overrated. Mar- the wedding is overrated. The marriage is what's supposed to be, you know, of course you're going to go through the ups and downs, but man, just chill out on the event planning, the wedding planning. Here's one for you. Entrepreneurship. Right now, currently where I live, kids are not mowing yards. You can't make as much money 
doing anything else than mowing the yard. I mow my neighbor's yard and he pays me 50 bucks. It takes me 30 minutes to do it. It's instant gratification because I get to see the stripes. I mow one way, the grass is gone. I come back, the grass is gone. 30 minutes, I'm making $50. So if your kids aren't going to take the jobs because they're too busy playing video games and it's too hot in the summer, then people like me who are 50 and older, I'll gladly mow their freaking yard, make 50 bucks. That's Diet Coke money. And get this, something that's going on over on this side of the state is that people who are professional lawnmowers, they will once a week, they, they come and mow regardless of whether it needs mowing or not. So they have a contract and the contract states that on Monday, I'm going to be here unless it's raining. So you're going to get your yard mowed once every week and you got to pay it no matter what. Well, what I do is I go up on the pay and I say, hey, I'll do it for $10 more, but I'm not going to mow it every week. Well, I'm saving them money and I'm making more money. That's entrepreneurship, my man. You mm-hmm. and they'll always drop their contract and go with me. I mean, it's fifty dollars in thirty minutes, please. And that's with weed eating and everything. And my my sister in law, I double charge her. She just doesn't know it. I'm just kidding, kidding. <laughs> I know we're gonna skip the freelance life, the stock market. Don't know beans about it. Oh, <laughs> tutorials. Here we go. Do you have a tutorial on anything? You cook? Yeah. No oh. tutorial. You could also show people how to oversee fields because I probably need that soon. Because in the fall, I'm doing winter rye. My yard's going to look like Boston freaking Red Sox. It's going to have the well, striping. I, I was going to say, let's look at the tu- uh, the tutorials from the other direction. How how awesome would it have been to have had YouTube 30 years ago? It's incredible. I, you can do anything with YouTube. You can learn to make anything. You can fix anything. The only thing I will say is I must have stuff that nobody else wants because I have trouble finding tutorials for some stuff. Like my mower at school, off-brand mower. Got to change out the drive belt on it. Can't find that exact same mower anywhere. (laughs) You're just just, in the world. You're just special. Special. Mm-hmm. You got a bunch of farmers around, so they only get, you'd think that thing would only be green and yellow. You know what I mean? You got John Deere fishing gear over there, John. <laughs> <laughs> and my buddy across the street, he was talking about uh, having a guy who could service his mower. He's like, Hey, I got a guy who serviced the mower for $200. Mine costs 200. Right. I can go buy a new mower. I, it's just cutting yards, man. All right. So tutorials. I don't really have any tutorials. I'm out on that one. Cooking. Oh, Lord. Okay. I have two qualms. Well, I got one nice thing to say is that shrimp and grits. I really needed a recipe for shrimp and grits. Parmesan shrimp and grits. And it was incredible. So the last thing I cooked was shrimp and grits. And it was all good. Now. Another thing, this is really just hacking me off, which number 17 is hacks, but this is a different kind of hack. And someone said, keto friendly. How in the heck are you going to make a a grit that's keto friendly when it's made, when it's nothing but a carbohydrate? So now everybody's picking up on these keto diets and everybody knows that 
you know, hey, that's popular now. So we're going to do keto friendly shrimp and grits. You can't you can't make one part of your of your dish and say that's keto and the other part that you add with it. That's keto friendly. You might as well be eating shrimp and corn. You know what I mean? (laughs) Shrimp and potatoes. You can't make that. You can't make it keto friendly. So when I looked up the recipe, this man had shrimp, shrimp and grits and it had 67 carbohydrates in about six bites. That ain't, that's like saying Kentucky fried chicken is keto friendly with all their fried chicken. Come on. It's kind of like, it, it goes back to the same thing as them saying that they got in trouble back in 1997, I believe, for saying that they're, they had a commercial that came out and said, Hey, is that Kentucky fried chicken? And he said, yes, it is. He goes, that's so good. And he said, and it's healthy too. You can't say that it's healthy. <laughs> I mean, don't believe the hype. That's past the noise right there, baby. You can't be saying stuff like that. Hey, I got a keto-friendly Laffy Taffy. You want to come try some? <laughs> oh, what you got for cooking? What's the last thing you cook? And don't say moonshine. <laughs> Chunks of bologna. Bologna. So you chopped up some bologna and put it in a skillet and okay. made fried bologna? Cooked the whole chunk on a smoker. Oh. Scored it, rubbed it down with a little, little mustard, little uh, Cattleman's sweet and tangy barbecue sauce. Sprinkled it with a little bit of Big O's barbecue rub seasoning. Smoked her for about two hours. Rubbed her down again. Mm. Mm. Kept smoking. Yeah, it's that northeast side of the state. Mm. But that just reminds me of how expensive everything is right now. <laughs> Last summer, we smoked bologna, $4.50 for a five-pound chunk. This summer, $9 for a five-pound chunk. Gaming, I'm not going to gaming. Sorry, unless you want to. You got anything for gaming? I don't have anything for gaming. Okay, except the roulette wheel. Yeah. You know you know, the roulette wheel is not 50-50. Correct, yeah. That's the... Uh... It's a misnomer. People say that all the time. Well, you got a 50-50 chance on red and black. No, you're forgetting about those white. Zero and double zero. That's right. Two green. Yeah. You might as well go out in the parking lot and play some chump 50-50. Yeah. So I I had a buddy while we're talking about roulette. Had a buddy uh, in college. We we love numbers. We love math. Uh, Don't say you did the... What, don't when don't, you, don't say y'all <laughs> sit there justified what you were going to do because uh, yeah. when you have a mathematical foundation, you can't help but look at it and go, there's math involved here. Let's figure this out. And after driving two hours to a casino and spending two hours at a table and talking for four hours straight about <laughs> the best philosophies and then we changing our philosophies. Oh, but look at the odds this way. No, you're right. The odds are pretty high that way. And then you spend money after money after money, and you watch the ball go around and around, and then you realize those odds we just figured out mean nothing once that ball starts spinning. And, you know, when people look at that table, it's 50-50. That's, that's messed up right there. And it's when you get to the table. So if you're looking at what you were seeing before, that it's, it's each individual role. I've seen it go, I've seen it go seven black 
and then four reds and then eight blacks again. I mean, it's just all over the place. It's kind of like when you, it's almost as ridiculous as playing rock, papers and sit rock, paper and scissors and telling people how you win every time. It's the probability over possibility argument. (laughs) In college, I took a class called history of math and we had a two week long debate uh, over possibility and probability. And one side of the argument said probability doesn't exist. It's only the possible things. There is no probability. Oh, man. That's kind of like you get these physics teachers together and they talk about centripetal force and centrifugal force. They'll say there is no such thing as centrifugal. It's a release of centripetal. Centripetal is inward seeking and centrifugal is outward seeking. Well, if you're sitting there spinning something and it's staying centered, and all of a sudden you hit it and it flies off its center, that's centrifugal force. So that's the difference. How about that? And that's not even part of gaming. The next one's pets. Um, it's called Labrador Retriever. And you have a what dog? Not 100% sure, but it's like a <laughs> shit zoo. It's a um, Heinz 57. Yeah. <laughs> it was a free dog. Free. Free. <laughs> We could talk for a whole episode about the word free. There's nothing free. You can't even breathe, you can't even breathe for free anymore. Uh, I remember the first night she begged me to take this dog from her friend. She's she and her the sole foundation of her argument was that it was free. After 30 minutes of having said free dog in our apartment, she said, We don't have any dog food. There like, you yeah, go. Let so, me go get some dog food for the free dog. <laughs> And then let me give it some shots. Deworm it. Oh my gosh. Yes. And last but not least, sports. And I ooh, I said that I would stay away from sports, but I have something that's hot and heavy on my mind right now. And that is in college baseball, college softball, there's tournaments at the end of the year. And there's other things. I just don't follow them. Okay. So and the issue that I have is with these smaller conferences, say like the Sun Belt Conference or something similar to that Southland Conference. Okay. Sun Belt Conference, typically back in the day, you'd have two or three teams that would go to the regional tournament. Well, that's changed, not because of how good they are or how bad they are, the, the competition. It's just based on more at-larges given to more conference, different conferences and you know you got your automatic bids from other conferences so they've increased those but I guess the issue is is if you take a team such as I don't know take an Arkansas State or a UALR right now actually UALR is not bad they're 500 I believe so take take a team at the bottom just any conference for that matter Okay, so they go to the conference tournament, and they actually win it, and they have no business winning it. Okay, well, you'd have a team that's 37 and 13 or 37 and 16 that won the conference in the regular season, and they don't get to go to the regional. Why? Because they expect only one team from that conference to get to go. Well, I have an issue with the fact that you just let a team like an Arkansas State that's eight, that's 14 and 30 something that accidentally won the tournament. And now they get to go represent the Sun Belt Conference and they have no business being there. 
And a lot of people will say, well, hey, it's whoever's the hot team. Well, no, it's not whoever's the hot team. The hot team shouldn't even, if they're in dead last place, they shouldn't even be at the conference tournament. They should only take for the top four teams or the top two teams. If, it, if it's going to be that drastic and you only got one team that gets to go to that tournament, you should be taking fewer teams to the conference tournament. And here's what they'll say. Oh, no. If we get all eight teams to the tournament, we make more money. Well, hey, you know what? You just you just messed up a lot of people's opportunities to send the right team. For instance, I think this year you, you take Texas State. They're at the very top. There's no reason in the world why that team shouldn't represent the Sun Belt. There's not even anybody close. I think they're winning it by four games right now. Okay, if you win it by that much, you got the outright win. You should be able to go. But people say, no, you got to get take the hottest team. Well, the hottest team doesn't mean beans. It just means they ran, they got hot too late. You got to look at the body of work. So I'm a completely against that. I'm all about the the regular season, not the conference tournament. The SEC, they got six. No, they got eight teams that are going to that regional. They could sit there and lay an egg in their conference tournament. It doesn't mean beans to them. Matter of fact, unless I was trying to host, I wouldn't even try to win the thing. I'd just go in there and, you know, let my freshman play sophomores. Let's go home and get some rest and go get ready for our regional. Well, people will say, well, you know, if since we've expanded it, maybe we need to expand the college football playoff, you know, from four teams to 16 or to 12. No, that's the whole reason we wanted to stay at four, because the season matters right now. We've ruined college football, and it's about to be ruined even more if we go up to 16 or even 12 games, because then after, you know, if you don't make it to the playoffs, you're like, okay, I'm out. I'm I'm going to opt out. Or it's, you know, opt out. It's called quitting today. But, you know, it's, no, it's not called quitting today. It's called quitting back in the day. Opting out means I'm done. So now you'll have people to opt out really early and be done with it. And then they get to take their their NIL. Is it NIL? Is that sound right? Name, image, like, yeah, they get to take their NIL stuff with them and, you know, I think that they should use this. In a, and I'm all about, I watched a documentary on this the other day. Man, the NCAA is Brian Bosworth back in 1987. He should get a Nobel Prize because he was the first one to call out the NCAA for all their crap. And yet people just said he was a piece of, cra- you know, just called him everything but who he was. And I have to admit that I did the same thing, but he called him out perfectly. And the NCAA has set up a program to where you can work for them and they make you make me if I'm the NCAA, you work for me. You make me a ton of money and I pay you absolutely nothing. And guess what? It's still that way. And if people say, what what's the answer? I don't have the answer. I don't make enough money. I just know that the NCAA They've got a lot of African-American athletes and white athletes, everybody, Hispanic athletes go through all of the different races. They're making a killing for a bunch of old white guys sitting in a in a room dictating who's going to make the money. And, oh, they don't have to dictate because they're the ones making it all. That's wrong. And now they got the NIL. And you know what? 
this Nick Saban thing, I can tell you what he did. This man, that was a rally call for all the other coaches to say, um, we're about to lose this battle. And you had even said something to me about Alabama's softball program. They've owned softball for how many years? Two decades? Uh, they, yeah, they've been two and a half decades. Yeah. They've you've been beating folks right and left and put money involved. And all of a sudden, and I told people this, I said, Nick Saban's done. Tuscaloosa, Alabama cannot hold water to Los Angeles, California. Get ready, UCLA, you know, USC's. They got the money. And so these other programs, the SEC, unless they put a, unless they control this somehow, they're 18 and 19 and 20 year old young men. I get tired of when people say they're kids. They're not kids, but they are very young adults. That have not that have not been educated properly on any of this. I can just go on and on and on about this. I mean, you can bring up NIL, you can bring up their age, you can bring up their education on the matter, you can bring up the NCAA's wrong, how they do tournaments is wrong, people's philosophy, and you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just want it my way. Maybe I'm the one that's being selfish. I wouldn't doubt it. It just does. Some of this stuff doesn't make sense. We're we're in we're in an era where it's turning almost professional for some, but not professional for others. I, I don't know. I, I don't like. I said they don't pay me anything. All I do is observe from the outside, looking in. It baffles me on some of the things that are being utilized in in that construct. So I'm out. I, I guess my biggest beef with sports from what I'm seeing right now is we're getting so caught up in this era of you got to be 365 in your sport. It's you got to have the hitting coach. You got to have the pitching coach. You got to have the catching coach. You got to have the defensive coach. You got to have the slapping coach. You got to have your blocking coach. What, Whatever sport, you got to have your individualized workouts today. You got to have your private instructor. You got to have your college scout. And we have good athletes, but we're getting to the point to where we're not learning the game. The mindset is right, except for the fact we're not learning the game. We're not learning how to be competitive. That's what wears me out. Like I've thought about doing this with my team, just toss them a wiffle ball bat and a wiffle ball and some just an open field, let them come up with their own bases. Let them come up with some of their own rules. Can you? Yeah, we, we had that back when I was playing. And you know who the umpire was? Whichever person yelled the loudest on the field, probably. No, it's probably the one who was biggest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they could they can make up the rules mid-game. And you just said, well, let's see. Do I want that to be unfair or do I want to stay out here and play? Because if I go home, that ain't playing. So let me ask you this. What is your philosophy on teamwork? When I, when I venture away from the sports side and I think about the workforce side, I think you have to just, in order to have a functioning team that's pumping on all cylinders, each person has to be willing to work hard and do what no one else is willing to do. So there's always these common these common statements like, well, it's a group of people that are working together for the common good. And that sounds great. But man, the intricacies with all that, 
it's not just everybody working for one thing because everybody working for one thing, you can allow somebody else to do your job. If I would have known this when I was younger, the game would have been different from our dugout or whatever I was doing. If I, if I happened to be going up to bat and they struck out, they would say, pick me up. Well, you know what I would say these days? Pick yourself up and quit making stupid mistakes because the great teams are the ones who don't have many pick-me-ups. The ones who really do well are the ones who are hitting on all cylinders. And I believe the team that does the best is the ones who have the less pick-me-ups, quote-unquote. And I, I, when I hear people say that, and they still say it to this day, I just wish somebody would say, hey, man, I'm tired of picking you up. Why don't you pick yourself up so I can stop doing your dirty work? Yeah. That would be awesome. And by the way, well, and well, I said it too back then. I'd say, hey, pick me up. I mean, <laughs> well, we, we've all been in the situation where maybe we have spells where we slack off or we don't try as hard or for whatever reason. But I think when it, you look at the core of a person, you have to know if they're going to be willing to work hard or not. Be the person who sees something and just does it. Uh, great example. And you've known me long enough to know that I'm I'm not scared to work. My first year at my new school, my principal sent out an email, said they were looking for a seventh grade class sponsor. The new employee that I was, I replied to that email. Again, you know me well enough, like, I don't want to be a class sponsor. Like, that was what went through my head. But the new employee side of me said, let's offer So I replied back and I said, I will do it if no one else wants to do it. His reply was, coach, if your starting pitcher comes up to you before the game and says, coach, uh, I know you got me listed to throw today and I'll do it if no one else wants to do it. What would you tell your pitcher? And my simple reply was, I'll be the seventh grade class sponsor. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so so that was that one little moment where it's like, okay, if I was going to put myself in the line of fire and I wanted to help out anyways, I should have just taken ownership and just done it. Yeah. Like, And I, so as far as teamwork goes, just kind of people that are ready to get up and move and make something happen. See, I tell you what, it was good talking to you today. It was good introducing you to everyone with the wide scope that we had. I kind of had fun looking at each one of these and you did a good job on the very first podcast ever. I look forward to the next ones. They're going to be so, they're going to be fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Is this the, this the part where you cue all the sponsorships and music carries us on out and we don't have any sponsors. <laughs> I mean, we're, pretty, 